This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and Heather Moog. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Welcome, guys, to another episode of the Behold podcast. For you longtime listeners, welcome back. We are always just overjoyed to have you. And hey, maybe this is your first time tuning in for this humble little podcast that we have from VBC. So welcome. We hope that it's a fruitful use of your time. And we're just excited to have you. This is Sean and Dan. And Dan, who is our number three this week? Oh, our number three. We're very privileged to have the wonderful Heather Moog with Woo-hoo. us. The artist formerly known as Heather Crockett. <laughs> but uh, she she is married into the the, the glorious Moog clan. Um, Heather, how, how's everything going for you guys? What's, uh, what's new? What's good? Oh, we're doing well. Um, starting off the year strong. And this weekend, we made some homemade pretzels. Um, so that was amazing. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Hopefully, there was uh, some cheesy dip or some some yes. mustard of sorts. Cheesy to... dip. We did some cinnamon and sugar. Wow. Some just plain, you know? So I... that's good. Us mugs are always looking for ways to add carbs into our life. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, yeah. boy. I tell you what, I could have used, used a little bit of that uh, pretzel and cheesy, you know, action on Sunday afternoon because my poor Packers, um, they got, they got smoked on, uh, on Sunday. And oh. I feel like, I feel like what happened was, is we weren't properly prepared on the snack front. Mm. And, um, we, uh, we even had bought some cause it's, you know, it's Wisconsin. You got to get some cheesy kind of stuff going on. We'd even bought some cheesy dip and we forgot to eat it. And, oh, I, and no. I, I just can't help but think maybe that was what, what went wrong. <laughs> Are you even a um, packer? That's what did it. I know it was, it was either that or it was the dig that Laura and Emma took, uh, you know, when they were hosting on Sunday morning. Mm. I don't know if you guys caught Shots that. Shots fired. The go bucks, dude, that, it cut me deep. Oh, you know, I was they, even, yeah. I was even wearing on Sunday morning. I was wearing my Packers socks, my lucky Packers socks that Natalie Pierce got me for Christmas. And even those could not overcome the, uh, the magical Tom Brady. So sad. Tom Brady, man. The guy just keeps going. So sick of that guy, dude. But, uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm, you know, I've been licking my wounds ever since Sunday and I'm ready to kind of move on to, to greater thing so <laughs> hopefully this podcast will help with that <laughs> lord cover dan with your kindness as he yes. <laughs> overcomes this uh yeah and then you know me and patty are doing just pretty over here she's 30 weeks pregnant this week so that's really exciting and cooking that baby <laughs> gotta cook that baby yeah i don't know if you guys like i'm sure emily was this way dan and heather i'm sure one day soon you will be like the whole nesting thing it's the real deal I it's was real. not prepared for this, so but fun. it is like the strongest compulsion to just like nest your house. And I'm like, Patty, we got we got time to go here. We got like a couple months here. <laughs> like, no, we need to do this right now. Like full on. It's really fun. I'm having a lot of fun with so this. So fun. you're 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 nesting too, though. You you kind of you you kind of been you know tidying things up and getting things in order. Oh, I love it's it. A, Team effort. Exactly. Yeah, it's fun for me to get to like make things for it and build little things. So I'm I'm totally so enjoying fun. it. So anyways, also, uh, you guys, you guys uh, survived a possible COVID scare. I don't know if you want to share that with everyone, but that's kind of nice. Yeah, we do now. Um, you know, we yeah, we're in contact with somebody who tested positive for COVID, and 
yeah, you know, just started the whole process of having to quarantine. And I'll tell you what, there are a few things I've hated more in this past year than not being with my wife for a week from sleep, sleeping apart from her and not being able to touch her and all that good stuff. And yeah, not my favorite thing, but after that week of staying apart, tested negative. So the Lord is good. Love it, dude. Praise the Lord. Yeah. So uh, those of you who are joining us on Sunday mornings and you know, just a brief call out here, if you're not, we would love for you to, you know, we were so happy that you guys are listening to the behold podcast, but really Sunday mornings are where in our church family, we do the majority of our teaching and our learning and our growth together. So definitely don't skip out on Sundays and then listen to this and feel like you're getting enough. You know, we want you to be doing both, of course. But anyways, on Sundays, we're doing our Who We Are series. And it's funny because, you know, Heather brought up right before we started this, that so far in these first three weeks of this series, it's really more of a who God is kind of series. But Heather, what did you say about that comment? In order to know who we are, we have to know who God is. Mm-hmm. Boom. That's a mic drop status right there. Drop the Bible <laughs> right there. Yeah. So I mean, if that if that name has been confusing for you and you're thinking, hey, I'm not learning anything about BBC, you really are because you're learning what we cling to be as truth and what we know to be uh, what we stand upon. So with that in mind, we are on week three, which is Jesus and the Holy Spirit taught by the one and only Nathan Baird. So with that in mind, um, Dan and Heather, we can just go through some of his main points, but what's the first thing that you noticed or jumped out to you or you want to pick apart with what Nathan brought us through with Jesus and the Holy Spirit? And really the Trinity is what it really kind of came down to. Yeah, he did such a good job. So just round of applause for Nathan because he had a short amount of time to cover some big topics. Um, Yeah, so before we dive into you know, specifically Jesus and the Holy Spirit, I just wanted to share kind of this theme that I noticed as we've been going through the first few weeks of the series and really just realizing that we have a God who makes himself known to us and he desires relationship with us. Uh, We saw that in week one when Gary talked about who God is and that we can know that, that God exists because of the testimony of creation, right? We can look at the created world, at the universe, Um, And as it talks about in Romans, we are not without excuse um, and can see that there there is a Lord of the universe who created everything. And then week two, um, you know, the Bible, we talk about how God gave us the the word. And, you know, we've had that for for years and we can know him and his character because of that. And I'm so I'm so grateful for that. And then this week, you know, it just kept it kept building on top of that. Um, so that, you know, God, the father loves us and he sent his son and Jesus reveals the character of the father. And then we have the Holy spirit who, you know, lives in us when we mm. come to faith in Christ and, th- and we can enjoy that fellowship with the father and son and Holy spirit. So I just start to see this thread that we can know who God is. And I'm so encouraged by that because I remember before knowing the Lord, I think I thought of God as just this big thing that I could, I, I thought, oh yeah, there's a God, but I, I could never really know him um, or whoever it is. I could never have a relationship with God, but but we can. And it's just so encouraging to think about how he wants relationship with his people. Right. Yeah. It's like this journey we're going through is like getting more and more personal and, mm-hmm. it, and it's getting more and more experiential. And I love in that first header. So it, 
in in Christ. And we talked a lot about this during Christmas, right? As we as we went through um, the thrill of hope series, we just talked about just the the miraculous, amazing gift of of Emmanuel, God with us, that God became human to bring us to the Father. And I love point three in, in, that Nate talked about on Sunday. It was just that in um, Jesus, uh, he definitively revealed himself as father. And it's highly, highly relational. It's highly, mm. highly personal. And, um, you know, it's just kind of interesting if you look at that Hebrews one passage, it's like, okay, God's been, God's been speaking in many different ways for, for a long, long time um, through our forefathers, through the prophets but in this time, in the time, in the, in the era of redemptive history that we're living in right now, he has spoken to us definitively through his son. He has given us the, the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. And so if we want to understand who God is, we just look at the face of Christ. We look at his character. We look at um, his teachings. How did he uh, move and live in the world? Um, you know, how did he... Uh, he fully God and fully man. So he's mm-hmm. this like perfect, like archetype for us to, to model our lives after and to understand the heart and the nature and the character of God. And so I just love that word definitively. Uh, and I thought Nate just drove that home in a, in a way that, um, it is very encouraging and very hopeful. And it, and it just underscores the reality that, that God isn't this far off abstract nebulous, you know, entity, He's, he's a very personal father and uh, that's Jesus reveals that definitively. It's, and it's amazing. Amen. Yeah. It's, it's interesting thinking about, um, you know, like Nate made a big point near the end of his sermon about just the access we have now. And not only do we know God because of Jesus and definitively can see him in the face of Jesus, but also now because Jesus is his son and his God, now we have unhindered access whenever we want to our father. And yeah, I just feel like sometimes we don't think about just how miraculous that is, how incredible mm-hmm. it is that now in all of our joys and sorrows instantly, we can turn to him and know that he is there and listening and present. And yeah, Jesus really makes That's the true. way in that way. Waymaker. <laughs> yes. Waymaker. Amen. One thing that um, when Nate was talking about just the relationship with Jesus and the Holy spirit kind of on that point, thinking about like Jesus revealing God, but also how the Holy spirit does that. It makes you think of kind of, as you were talking Heather about the different ways that God has revealed himself to us, mm-hmm. um, that paired with the Holy spirit reminds me of Romans five, you know, that God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy spirit who has been given to us. And so with that, like, what do you guys think that process looks like? Like, what does it look like for God's love to be pouring into our hearts and for us to see that through the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I think a great, a great place to go to, to, to just think about this and, and to study it is to go to, to John chapter 15, 16, and 17, mm-hmm. actually even 14, 14, 15, 16, and 17, um, because Jesus is... Whoa, <laughs> that's hilarious. Holy Spirit. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, we should leave that in. Um, but yeah, because if you go there, it's it's you get to hear straight from Jesus's mouth, like what what the role of the Holy Spirit is. And it's, it's really interesting because he's comforting his disciples. He's saying, um, hey, I got to go and be with the Father. 
but it's good for you that I go because I'm sending a helper. And this helper is going to do some amazing things mm-hmm. in, in your life. Um, he, he, you know, he's going to, and, and I, I like how we talk about it at VBC. Um, I don't know who coined this. It's probably Gary along the, somewhere along the way, but he said the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer is, can be summed up in he takes the things of Jesus and makes them real to us. Do you guys kind of do you guys kind of get what we're saying there? So he he takes the things that that Jesus um, communicated in his in his life with you know in his teachings and how he lived and what he did, um, what he's accomplished for us. Um, remember, Jesus said that I and the Father are one, right? So so the Holy Spirit takes those things into our uh, life and makes them experiential for us. It makes them you know something that we can actually. Uh, receive, you know, on a soul heart level. And um, I just love that, you know, because um, if you read through that whole passage, uh, it's, it's the Holy Spirit is, you know, like I was talking with Nate yesterday and he was just saying, you know, one of the things that um, he's loved just about studying this whole thing is like, you know, the Holy Spirit like doesn't want to be the, 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 doesn't want to take center stage. His whole role is to, is to, is to glorify Jesus. His whole role is to, is to help us, um, be captivated and devoted and and to worship and praise Jesus. And so that's what he's working on in our lives all the time. Um, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like my, my wife, Emily, like she, if you guys know her, she is the last person that would ever want to get up on a stage and, you know, speak or, uh, or sing or, or share anything. She's just, she loves being, you know, behind the scenes and, um, and, and then, so I think about, uh, I think about the Holy spirit in those terms that he, um, he never wants to glorify himself. He's always working to glorify Jesus. And, if, mm-hmm. and so I just encourage everyone listening. If you haven't read those chapters, you know, just John 15 through 17, there's some really great stuff that Jesus teaches about, about what the Holy spirit is all about. And, um, it's, it's powerful. Amen. Doesn't it even say at the end of 17, like Jesus wraps up by just reminding us so that like, Lord, I've made you known to them mm-hmm. and I will continue to yeah. make you known to them. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. That's a great, I love that you brought that up, Dan. And I have a, I have a question that I think really ties into all of this conversation about the Holy Spirit. Um, so Nathan brought up Titus three, three through seven, right? That was a, his main passage for the Holy Spirit. And I love this. I love this passage. Um, so I encourage you to just go, just meditate on it and go back and um, really spend some time in it. But my question is, so when it talks about the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, um, I always read that as referring to our point of salvation. So it's a one-time thing that's that's done. But when I was listening to Nathan on Sunday, I was thinking, oh, this this is also about the continual um, sanctification of the Holy Spirit because it says renewal. So I just wanted to see, yeah, talk about that a bit and see what you guys think, um, if that's referring to justification and then also our ongoing sanctification in the Lord. Yeah. Well, I think like context is important. Um, I mean, long, long answer short, I think that it could be both. I think a lot of scriptures are that way. They can be applicable, applicable in both of those kinds of settings. But and Dan, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Titus one and two kind of Paul talking about like contrasting the immoral nature of what's going on in, on Crete versus the way that we should be living? For sure. So with that yeah, context, that, it makes me think that chapter three is more so talking about yeah the sanctification process 
and living life in step with the spirit versus the salvation moment. But Dan, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, well, and it seems like if, if you look at just, um, you know, the second part of verse five so, uh, of Titus three, it says, you know, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy spirit. So, so that, um, th- those are two things that we know that we are always in need of. <laughs> we, we do need that washing and that renewal at that moment of salvation when we first put our faith in, in Christ. But, um, there's, there's so much, you know, again, back to context, there's so much in scripture that talks about our need for, for, for continual, uh, cleansing and washing. I mean, even just like, you know, first John chapter four, uh, you know, talks about if we're, if we're faithful and just and can, or if we, um, confess our sins, God is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so there's this, there's this ongoing pattern of like walking in the light and confessing and, and just aligning ourselves with God's truth and then letting him forgive us and wash us on an ongoing basis. And then, you know, other places like, like, you know, specifically related to the spirit, how he renews us in an ongoing way. Uh, I think about Galatians five that talks about the fruit of the spirit, you know? So, Mm -hmm. so there's this, um, there's this work that the Holy spirit wants to produce in us, just like this natural process of him living in us, like fruit growing on a tree there, there's these certain qualities of, of life. There's these certain emotional experiential things that, that, we should expect the Holy spirit to produce in us um, as he's constantly renewing us. Or I think about Romans chapter eight that talks about living by the spirit. And there's a, there's a very specific, um, you know, quality or a very specific type of life that the spirit is producing in us and leading us. I mean, even think about like our, our theme passage, you know, for the behold podcast is that, you know, as we behold Jesus, the spirit of God, is, is transforming us into the image of, of Jesus. And that is a, 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 a gradual thing that happens from one degree of glory to, to, to the next. And it's this ongoing, ever increasing permanent, you know, uh, renewal mm-hmm. that happens in us. So, so I think that totally seems to fit with, with your question in Titus three, that it is, um, you know, certainly we need that washing and we need that renewal, um, when we first come to faith in Jesus, but then as we live out our faith, it, those things are happening in an ongoing way. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense, especially thinking of the context. I remember Nathan explaining before this, if you read all of chapter three, you have those commands that Paul is, you know, giving to Titus and the people on Crete. And then this is the why, right? So it's like he's reminding one of the things that Paul is doing in this is reminding them of the gospel, really. And it's like, okay, I'm telling you to be obedient to the Lord because of what he has done for you. You know, it's from that place of, um, of being loved and made new by the by the Holy Spirit and by Jesus. So that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I love that you brought this verse up because I'm just thinking more about the wording and, you know, washing of regeneration and renewal of the spirit, like washing and renewal. Those are pretty powerful words. And when you wash something, what does it become? It was dirty. Now it's clean. clean. Right. And you're renewing it, which it was old. And now it's new. new. Exactly. <laughs> so clean and new, you know, these are two words that, that Paul's implying here. And I'm just thinking about like, if we trust this word and we trust Jesus as our savior, 
those are two things that should totally embody who we are and the way our lives look, right? Clean mm-hmm. and new. And I think for a lot of us, we don't see that immediately, you know, or we're not living like it. When in reality, like, man, we have been renewed, we have been cleaned, and we're new beings, right? So I guess my point is, like, if you're somebody who is investigating the claims of Jesus and you hear this and you you hear Paul say that, oh, through regeneration and renewal, you're going to become clean and new, what does that look like? You know, what does that transformed person look like for that person? Dan, you touched on what that regeneration process looks like, but I guess I'm just saying for those people, you know, what are the fruit that they should be seeing? What does clean and new in the hands of Christ look like in your daily life right now in COVID times? No, it's interesting because I love um, Nate's first point under that that heading as he's teaching us, you know, Titus 3 is he talks about our our former condition being being bleak. And you can see right at the, you know, in verse three there that there's this, um, man, there's this, this condition that we were once in that is, is, is characterized by foolishness and rebellion and just, uh, being, being in bondage, right. And just being controlled by, uh, the things that, you know, our evil desires and, and, and just malice and hatred. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's bleak, right. And I, and I wonder if that's maybe some, something, especially for those of us that have been um, following Jesus, maybe for a long time, maybe for, for a lot of years, maybe we've forgotten kind of (laughs) what he saved us from, Mm. you know, the, the bleak condition that we used to live in. And I wonder if there's a healthy way you know, without going back and maybe getting, getting, um, you know, feeling shame or, or maybe getting sucked back into former things. But man, is there, do you think there's a healthy way just for, to ask God for some perspective on where we've come? And maybe that can be something that we can then look and see our life now in the spirit and say, wow, this is such a contrast. And maybe that can be an encouraging thing for people to think about. What do you guys think? Mm. Man, this is so like I I love journaling. Patty and I both do, and that's this is one of the biggest reasons because it's almost like do you guys ever do a project where you like clean a room or clean your garage, <laughs> and then and, you find an old journal or whatever. No, but like, I'm saying like if you do like a oh. before and after picture. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah, sometimes yeah. you're cleaning it and you're like, does it even get any cleaner? You know, and you clean all day and you're like, it still looks pretty messy. And then you see before picture, <laughs> and you're like, oh my goodness, this is such a transformation. And so right. isn't it the same for us? I think a lot of the times we get so hung up on like what we're battling this week or we're going through this week that we just Mm. lose perspective. So that's one of the big reasons why journaling can be so powerful to look back weeks or months or years and just see in tangible ways, like the prayers God has answered and the transformation that he's brought and and all that good stuff. That's really good. Mm. Yeah. It's funny. I, I was just, um, I don't know. Like I kind of got into like a little, uh, rabbit tra- hole, trail, whatever. Um, I am reading some old journals uh, last week and I hadn't done that in a while, but, but man, it, it was so like encouraging, you know, and it was, it was so, yeah, I think it just gave me that, that perspective that you're talking about, Sean. So I think that if you guys have some of that, those old things to look back on, I think that can be really good. And then if you haven't gotten in the habit of journaling, you know, I would say go for it. And, and, I think, you know, that's one of the things that I, that I, in conversations with people just kind of throughout the week, and this even ties back to our, the, the 
ser- or the week that we talked about the written word of God. And I think, I think for a lot of people, their intake with scripture or their, their interaction with scripture can tend to be a primarily intellectual or academic pursuit, or it could even just be like, oh, I know I'm supposed to read the Bible. I'm just going to like, I know it's going to be good for me. So I'm just going to get in there and just do it. You know, and it's almost like a, like just a, like a, some kind of ritual or some kind of Christian to-do list, you know? And so what we were talking about just with, with the written word of God is we should have this like strong hunger and desire and passion for the word of God. And I think journaling for me, at least that's one of the ways that I've been able to develop that is I, is I, you know, I hardly ever read the Bible anymore without my journal open Mm -hmm. so that I can write things down, questions I have, um, insights that I feel like the spirit is speaking to me. I can, I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but like, I'd love to like read something in scripture and then pray it back to, to God, you know? So like, let's say you're reading, you know, um, from the Psalms and it says like, you know, um, God is merciful and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. Wow. That's so cool. That's amazing Mm -hmm. that God's like that. Let me pray that back to God in my journal. God, you are merciful and gracious. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. You are so patient. You are so slow to anger. You, you know, you're, you're, your steadfast love is everlasting. Thank you, God. And then all of a sudden, now I'm not just, I'm not just thinking, but I'm, but I'm emoting. I'm, I'm engaging on an emotional level with scripture. And, Mm. um, that's the kind of work that the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. He wants to take, um, God and make him real to us. Um, you know, he wants to, he wants to under help us understand, um, you know, on a heart level, the things that we're reading in scripture. So if you're not in the habit of journaling, dude, like try it, try it out this week. I mean, we're, we're still kind of even in lockdown right now. So maybe, maybe now's the perfect time to just, to just hunker down and, and, and maybe get into it. I love it. That's great. That's a great application. What about you, Heather? Are you, are, are you a journaler? Do you get, do you get into that? Is that a part of your like habit of your heart? I'm a huge journaler. Oh. Actually, if you ask my <laughs> husband, <laughs> He gets a little annoyed because I have like journals spread out through our home. Your journals um, have journals. Exactly. Yes. I'm. My grandma gave me a journal when I was like five and ever since then, totally been into it. And um, yeah, I'm a big fan because it does help you look back and see how the Lord has, work, has, has been working in his faithfulness. And then like Sean was talking about that transformation. You see the the contrast of like, oh, wow, I have grown a lot since, you know, six months ago or a few years ago. And um, I love what you were talking about, Dan, with, um, you know, having your journal and, and the Bible side by side, because I think, I wonder if we approach the Bible that way, like sometimes just academically or just to check it off because it is a book. So there's that temptation to see it as just another book, you know? Totally. But um, just thinking about how, you know, relational God is um, and just approaching it like, okay, God, this is a way for me to to spend time with you and you're inviting me um, to know you more and to learn about you. And so I think sometimes just changing our perspective a little bit really helps because, yeah, sometimes in the morning, you don't, you know, I don't want to open my Bible, but um, reframing that helps me for sure. Yeah. And you know, just on the journaling thing, it's not all doom and gloom. You know, a lot of times on the flip side, we go back through journals and just see all these amazing things that God did. You know, this reminds me of, 
um, you know, Patty's been asking me to get them down. I should do it today. So we have journals from like the time that we were dating and engaged and getting married and stuff. And it's really fun because in this season, right before we got started dating and like courting officially, like the days and weeks leading up to that, we have all these journal entries about each other and each other's journals. And it's just incredible to see like the parallels and even in that context, like the way that God really moved. And yeah, it's not all just, oh, look how terrible I was. But also we just forget. We forget some of the intricacies of how God loves us and the blessings that we receive and all those things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, on the journal thing, I know that for some people that's not exciting, (laughs) you know? The idea of writing out in a journal. Or it is, sounds cheesy even. Like, like dear journal, right, today dear I ate a yeah, turkey Exactly. Like, <laughs> um, or like, especially for you men, I know that's not as natural for a lot of men. So just don't be intimidated by that because there's, if you're, if you really are resistive to the idea of like writing in a blank piece of paper, that's okay. There's so many like guided journal options out there that can kind of help you in that process or, or daily devotional type journals. You know, quick shout out. There's this one called Daily Kairos. That's the name of the journal, Daily Kairos. And it's specifically for men, but it's it's really awesome. There's like a daily kind of guided meditation and prayer time and just things to be reflecting on. It, How do you spell it? How do you K- spell Kairos? K-A-I-R-O-S. It's a Greek word. Um, nice. But I'll just show you guys. Uh, you can't see, you listening can't see, but you, you guys, Heather Ooh. and Dan, it's like... Each section is a very specific thing to go through. And anyways, it's very easy. And there's other options like that for women. There's other options like that for married couples and yada, yada. So just don't, don't let the, the dislike of writing be the reason you don't journal because it's such a valuable tool. Like Dan and Heather were saying. Yeah. I love that. Make it easy for yourself. Yeah. And I, and I think all this kind of really ties in well with, with the contrast that Nate made on Sunday when he was teaching through that Titus three passage. So he talked about the bleak former condition that we had, but then he talked about this jaw dropping new condition that we have. And, um, that this, this amazing reality that we are beloved heirs of God into eternity. And, um, just a little teaser for, for this week, Charlie's going to be, but going to be talking about humanity and salvation, um, at our Sunday service. And, um, this really, you know, uh, is going to overlap really great with that because we're going to be talking about just the hope that we have because, um, because of, of this, uh, Trinitarian, uh, salvation and this Trinitarian like relationship that we've been invited into this fellowship that, mm-hmm. that God has made possible for us. And I think for us, as we are, um, wanting to participate more with the work of the Holy Spirit and, and Jesus in our lives to, to bring us closer to the father as we're wanting to see more of that um, washing and renewing going on. Thinking about heaven, man, is so powerful, you know, and, and it's so um, it's something that maybe we, we don't give enough airtime to in our brains, you know, and, and in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's one of the cool things too, that, that, that the Holy spirit wants to do in us. You, you know, Paul talks about, uh, in Ephesians one and second Corinthians one, that the Holy spirit, um, is, is the seal that God puts on us as believers. And the seal is meant to be an assurance for us that the inheritance that's been promised to us, that we're going to be co-heirs with Christ, that that is actually going to happen, that mm-hmm. we can bank on it, that we can, um, you know, that we can, you know, look forward to it and, and, and not just in a way where we're just gonna, you know, okay, I'm just going to like 
fold my arms and just wait for it, you know, but, but to like, to start to walk in that hope and that eternal life more and more now, as we wait for it to fully be revealed. And I just, I think that's a, a, um, a thing that maybe gets overlooked uh, a lot in our, in our busyness of life and just the, all the, mm-hmm. the, the temporal things that are going on that are screaming for our attention, you know, and, um, you know, I, I just think we don't think about heaven enough. We don't think about the hope of the glory of the inheritance that we're going to have. So I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Preach it, man. Well, and, and I love, I love the way that Nate phrased this section about the Holy Spirit. He said the Holy Spirit fits us for life as honored children of God. Mm. And I just love the way that That's communicates cool. it. Like there's something active there happening. Like you were saying, like as we, as we seek out and engage with the Holy Spirit more, the Holy Spirit does that transformation and that work in us, you know, and I think absolutely. Is there enough airtime in all of our lives of of engaging with the Holy Spirit? Absolutely not for most of us. You know, it's almost like buying like a fancy weight set and then it just sits in your garage. Like, is that <laughs> is that working out? Guilty. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, I have the Holy yeah. Spirit. And of course, there are like inherent benefits the Holy Spirit immediately gives us just by receiving Him and just by having salvation. But that process of the Holy Spirit fitting us for life, sanctifying us for life with God, growing us and regenerating us, we got to pick up those weights and we got to engage with the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where I I think, again, I'll just point people back to Galatians 5 and Romans 8, because I think it can be a little obscure. It's like, okay, well, the Holy Spirit, you know, is is a gift that, that it's God, God has poured into my heart when I, when I trusted Christ at that moment of salvation, um, we, we were all, we were all baptized into the Holy spirit and, um, God gave us spiritual gifts at that moment. Um, he, he came and made his home in us. Um, you know, the word tells us that the Holy spirit indwells us, um, and it gives us strength to serve and, and helps us, uh, love Jesus more and, and testifies to our spirits that, that the promises of God are true, you know, that we are sons and daughters. Um, and that's totally true. Like all of that is true. And, and there, it's just kind of this weird deal because scripture talks about the transformation and the growth and the, the fruit. It's just the natural process. It's the natural, uh, outflow of a process, right. Of God working in us. But don't you guys think that we can, we can, um, either participate with that process or we can resist that process right. and we're going to have much different outcomes depending on how we, how we do that. And so maybe that's something we can, we can encourage our listeners to do is to just think about, I mean, how, how am I participating with the work that the Holy spirit wants to do in my life? Um, that's good. and, and I think, I think that that will, um, I don't know, give us some, some ideas on how, to maybe do some self-evaluation, right? And we've mm-hmm. talked a lot about on this podcast, you know, what are you beholding? What are you giving the most airtime to in your life? And, you know, are you, are you super into news media? Are you, are you super into your, your hobby? Um, are you, are you listening to, you know, a lot of sports talk radio, you know, whatever are you, I just think we're all kind of like maybe, that's part of the, the process of, of 
par- participating with the spirit is like maybe doing some self-evaluation and letting him like speak to you and reveal to you things in your life that are, that are helping the process or hindering the process. And then, mm. and then encouraging you to, to make some, some changes along those lines. Yeah. When you're, when you were talking, I kept thinking about like just taking a step forward, like just taking that step towards the Lord what, and doing the next thing, whether it's pausing to pray with him or opening the Bible or grabbing your journal, um, because there is that balance that you're talking about, Dan, of our, our, um, our desire and our, take our initiative and our will, using, you know, to spend time with the Lord and grow in our faith and then also trusting that he does the work. So um, I've often found like it just starts with a little bit of a desire and then me responding to that and acting upon it and then finding that the Lord does the work in me. He, he does that transformation work. Um, but sometimes it's taking that step that's the hardest. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, yeah, glad, absolutely. so glad you brought that up, Heather, because I was just thinking about, you know, what some people might have as like hardships when it comes to this topic. You know, I, th- I could easily see some of them being like, oh, well, Dan and Sean and Heather, you all work at a church. It's easy for you to do these things, you know? But mm-hmm. like there's someone close in Patty and I's lives who's like really struggling with loneliness right now, right? You know, and you're struggling with some of these things. And it's not always that easy, you know, and we understand right. that. We're not saying, hey, if you pick yeah. up your journal tonight, all of a sudden everything in your life will be better, you know? Yeah. And this is why I think it comes down to trusting God's faithfulness, you know, trusting that he is who he says he is that he will always fulfill his promises. And so when he promises to us things like this, that when we engage with the Holy Spirit, we will be regenerated and renewed, that we will be sanctified. Um, But you got to trust that process. And like Heather said, just make that next step, you know, because absolutely I can empathize with those of you who are really struggling and feeling distant from God and distant from the Holy Spirit um, but yeah, you just, you gotta make that effort to, to start do, doing that weightlifting, you know, and then through that God, the God of hope, you know, if you trust that he's the God of hope, then you trust that in that process, maybe it's today, maybe it's tomorrow, maybe it's a week from now of trying to engage with the Holy spirit, that he's going to fill you with joy and peace as you believe in him. And that then, mm-hmm. like we're saying, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to eventually abound in hope. So we hear you if that's you out there. Yeah, it, it, totally. And and a while ago, I mean, this is probably, you know, a couple dozen episodes ago, but we were talking about the, there, there's a, there's a certain discipline that we have to learn. It, it's, it's a practice like, you know, experiencing God's presence in our life, both uh, in those, you know, extended times of solitude alone with him and his word in prayer, in worship, um, in, in just all, you know, the habits of the heart that we talk about, right? So experiencing God's presence then. So, so it's not just some ritual. So it's not just some dry, dead thing. Experiencing his actual presence um, and, 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 and experiencing something, right? Just feeling something even like, I think sometimes we're so we're afraid to talk about emotions, but if you look at Galatians five and you look at the fruit of the spirit, those are all emotive things. They're, they're experiential things that, that we feel. And so I think a lot of times we have to get into that practice. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times it, um, when we think about the Holy spirit, it, it tends to be this mysticism kind of attitude, whether we, you can even put our finger on it or not. Maybe it's subconscious, but we think of the Holy Spirit as like, woo, it's the Holy Ghost. It's scary. You know, he, he's, 
you know, he's a person, it, you know, and I, I was just having a conversation with someone, you know, a couple months ago and they they grew up in the church and they, they had never thought about the Holy Spirit as a person. And so we just started looking at all these places in scripture where it's like, dude, he, it says he, it says him, you know, it's, he's doing personal things all throughout scripture. He, he's a person, you know? And so we relate to him just like, I mean, obviously it's supernatural, right? And obviously we can't see him, um, you know, uh, but the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit being like a wind, you know, like we, we can, we can feel the effects of the wind, but we can even see the effects of the wind, but we can't see, you know, the wind. Right. Um, but, the, but I think sometimes we, we take this idea of God, uh, his spirit being, um, immaterial and, and we, we roll it forward into a mysticism that, and really it's just, I think we need, we need to practice getting over that and just saying he's a person mm-hmm. and he is closer than my very breath. He is inside of me. He is indwelling me. And, and it, if, if we can't feel and experience his presence when he's that close, then I just think we need to practice it. I think we need to make some space and open ourselves up to that experiential side of the, this relationship that we're talking about. Jesus and the spirit bringing us to the father. There is an experiential, uh, you know, side to that. And um, I think sometimes we shy away from that. Uh, I don't know. What, am I, am I crazy? Am I in the left field? <laughs> am I getting weird? No, not, not at all. Um, and yeah, like you said, he's a person, you know, he's not a human, not a man. He's a person. Right. And this right. reminds me of the book delighting in the Trinity, you know, which I know mm-hmm. is close to Nate's heart. So I'm sure he pulled a lot of this from that. Um, but you know, this, if you're, if you're in that boat and you're questioning this, the state of the Holy <laughs> spirit and who he is and what he does, it's a great, great read for you because, in delighting in the Trinity, you know, we're reminded that God, the triune God, is the ultimate example of what relationship looks like. You know, for all eternity, God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit have been in personal relationship with each other. And so when we think about the Holy Spirit, like you're saying, Dan, as even as a wind, even when we think about the Holy Spirit as a wind, it feels very non-personal. When in reality, the, the Holy Spirit is one of the three beings that for, or God, but one of the three of the Trinity that for all eternity has practiced what perfect relationship looks like. So yeah, just, just reemphasizing how personal that experience is for us. It is really personal and we can anticipate that the Holy Spirit will work. Um, I just think I, I have a lot of growing to do in my faith and something the Lord has grown me in is reshaping my expectations of him. So, you know, thinking about what you were talking about, Sean, like the, you know, the person who's in that, that place, who's having a hard time, which I'm sure we all have walked through. Um, and you know, maybe they're saying like, I'm not experiencing, um, the love of the Lord, the joy of the Lord. And I've been in that situation and I realized for me, I, a lot of times I had a, a false expectation that the Lord was supposed to fix everything in my mm. life and make it perfect mm. right now, you know, and I didn't realize that that was a, a lie that I was believing for a really long time. So over the years, I think the Lord has changed it to be that I can expect him to be who he says he is. I can expect him to be faithful and to do what he says he's going to do. So I don't know if that makes sense, but just thinking about the Holy Spirit, it's it's not that um, like 
it might not necessarily be that we have this experience in the moment. That that's not what my faith rests on. But I can I can trust that he is who he says he is and keep going back to what the word says about the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and I think that's such a great point that that our I love what you just said. Our faith doesn't rest on emotion or experience. And that that uh our you know, God created us body, mind, soul, one entity. There's there we're not this fragmented, segmented person. Um, you know, God created us uh, you know, as a whole being. And so right. our faith and our in our relationship and our experience with him is is an is both an intellectual thing. It's both a heart, emotion, spirit, soul thing. Yeah. And then also it leads out into action, you know? So, so faith without deeds is dead, right? So, so there's, we see like all of our being is, it, you know, God wants to be the king of all of that. And he wants to, he wants us to experience his life in all of those arenas. And it makes me think about John, John chapter four, when Jesus is talking to the woman at the well and he, he says, Hey, the, God is looking for worshipers. He's out there. He, you know, he's, 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 he's looking for worshipers that will worship him in spirit and in truth. So not only do we have to um, engage our minds in our devotion and in our faith and in our worship of God, mm. but we have to engage at, at, at a spirit level at, a, at, a, at our inner man. I mean, God, God is spirit. And so those who must, wor- who worship him must worship him in spirit. Right. But also we have to worship him based on a true, accurate understanding of who he is as he's revealed himself in scripture. And so when we can have both of those things working together in tandem, that's the kind of worshipers that God is looking for. Very true. Amen. And I think that that process, like you said, that the, those two sides of that coin, um, like you said, it's, it's, that's the worshiper we're looking for. And you can see that, you know, if you go into scripture, like look at, read through the Psalms and look at David who a man after God's own heart, that's what that process looks like in so many of the Psalms. He's saying, Lord, here is where my heart is at. I'm broken. Here is my emotions I'm feeling. But then he pairs that with truths about God. But God, I know that you are a rock. Help me to lean on you. God, I know that you are faithful and strong. And I think that that same process, as you try to start journaling or praying this week about it, do that same thing with the Holy Spirit. Say, like Dan said, we have emotions. God's an emotional being. Holy Spirit, I am hurting, I am lonely, I'm not feeling your presence, whatever it is. But, and then like Dan said earlier, pray these prayers as a reminder to yourself. But I know that you are this. I know that you are this. And this reminds me of a conversation I had with with Jason Moog about, like, should we pray prayers like that? Should we sing words if we aren't necessarily feeling them right now? Like some people during worship songs are like, I don't feel like God's faithful. Should I sing these words? And the answer is yes. You should always say things that are true about God, whether or not you feel they are true in this very moment. You know, should you say, God, I feel so much like you're faithful in this moment. Well, if that's not true, then don't say that. But you can always say, God, you are faithful. God, your word says you're faithful. It is true. It is reality. Regardless of how we feel. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And and just, you know, another thing that came to mind, and, and I don't know who needs to hear this, but... <sighs> If you're in a place where 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 you feel like you're 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 participating in these things, but you're not, you know, in, you're not feeling that you're not feeling the presence of God. I mean, that, I know it's just a weird sentence. I know a lot of people are gonna are gonna balk at it, but if you're not feeling His presence, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you if you're stuck in some kind of sin, right? Because if we are loving a sin, um, 
you know, in a habitual way, if we are giving ourselves over to our sin nature repeatedly, you know, on a daily basis or on a regular basis, and we haven't repented, we haven't confessed, we haven't um, had our mind renewed, that is going to block us from uh, experiencing God's presence. Uh, It's going to fog things up for us. And so um, if that's you and, and you and you're stuck in some kind of pattern of sin, um, that is a, you're, you're not going to experience these things that we're talking about mm-hmm. until you deal with that sin. Mic drop <laughs> called out. <laughs> so true. No, but it is so true. And, you know, I, I can totally imagine that a lot of you listening are saying this is over my head. You know, this is deeper than my experience with Christianity right now or whatever that looks like. You're like, hey, I'm just checking this out. I just went to a quest event and I'm just listening to the podcast. What you guys are talking about is crazy, like the Holy Spirit and regeneration and all that stuff. But um, yeah, the reality is this is God's word, right? This is what he tells us about who he is and what our life should look like. And in other places in God's word, like Dan said, God is very clear that if you are engaging with sin, and you're not repenting, there's consequences. There's consequences in your life. And, you know, we're not going to get all like doom and gloom fire preachery on you, but... Not in this podcast, at least. Not, Maybe not in this podcast, but I just want to reiterate that, that there are real consequences for sin, right? And of course, we know that, that Jesus has redeemed us, that he died on our behalf. And so we, we have eternal salvation still. However, even right now, as a saved person, if you're engaging with sin and you choose not to repent, you're going to suffer in ways. Your relationship with God is going to suffer. The way that your heart processes as you aren't engaging with the Holy Spirit will suffer. So yeah, maybe if you, again, are that person is going to start drilling for the first time this week, do a little evaluation of your heart. You know, what are the things that are high on your heart's totem pole? You know, is it, is it hope and peace in God's word and the Holy Spirit? Or is it on the flip side, is it discontent? You know, is it, is it loneliness? Is it frustration and fear and anger? Is it bitterness towards a specific person? Whatever that may be, um, I think if you do that process, you, the God's kind to reveal to you kind of where your heart's at and what the state of your heart is at. And I think the whenever we're experiencing consequences of sin or discipline from the Lord, um, the God's heart is to always redeem and restore, right? So I just think that's a good thing to remember too. Um, sometimes it seems harsh in the moment, but he wants us to come back to him. And so that godly repentance, you know, leads us back to him, back to fellowship and, um, and unity with the Lord, which is encouraging. That is really encouraging. <laughs> yeah. Amen. I mean, that's a good place to end maybe. I mean, I, <laughs> I think that we got a lot of application here, you know, specifically one of the questions that we were going to ask as we were going to end is, Hey, what's the way that you can improve in the way that you're engaging with the Trinity this week? man. Such an easy one. Start journaling and praying through some of these things. Pray to the Holy Spirit. Pray over your heart. And yeah, ask yourself, am I experiencing unity with the Holy Spirit and unity with the Lord or not? And I think the, I think the biggest thing just off of that, I know we, we've talked a lot about a lot of different challenges and applications and things like that. I just want to tell you, like, you cannot do these things in a hurry. You cannot do these things if you're distracted. You cannot do these things, uh, you know in front of your desk while your email's open, <laughs> you know, or uh, in the car when you're commuting or whatever, like we really need to create space for these things to happen. And so maybe that means that you need, you, you need to wake up early or you need to talk to your spouse about, 
Hey, how can, how can I get, you know, half an hour, uh, you know, a couple times a week or, or every day where I can just be alone, you know, like, and then we'll swap, you know, you can have that time too, you know? Um, I mean, there's just, or maybe there's a creative way to do it. You know, maybe you need to get out into, into nature or you need to get into your car alone and, and put on some worship music or something. But we just, we can't really dig into this stuff. If we're in a rush, we have to sit and be still and, and mm-hmm. not only create space, like, like in our hearts, for God to move, but I think physically create space. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We got to, we got to like do stuff to like be ready for what God wants to do in our, in our hearts. Amen. And I'm just going to read this quote. I mean, I've, I've beat this horse down when it comes to the, the ruthless elimination of hurry, but ties so well with that, you know, so often Satan doesn't want to destroy our livelihood. He just wants to distract it from God. So read, let me read this quote. For many of us, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith. It is that we will become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we will settle for a mediocre version of it. We'll just skim through our lives instead of actually living them. And I think that really speaks to this heart too. We got, like Dan said, I agree. Make room, make space. Don't skim through life with the Holy Spirit. So good. And I'll just tag on to that. Sacrifice something if you feel like, you know, you don't have time. Give up social media. Give up the TV show that you're watching. You know, whatever it needs to be. Because spending time with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God the Father is so worth it. And yeah, you'll you'll benefit from it for sure. Amen. Totes. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us this week. Just really quickly, if you're one of those people who is struggling. You know, if you're struggling with loneliness or feeling uh, not not connected and plugged in, please reach out. You know, please you can text any one of us. You can go to the website and contact us through there, because we want to be uh, a helper. You know, we want to be your brother or sister in Christ to help you in this process. So we love you guys. We're praying for you all, and we will see you on Sunday and then next week. Bye. Bye, Bye. friends. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.